Welcome to Gaming. I'm John Robertson, joined as usual by Stace Harmon, and we hope you're keeping safe and well and taking care of yourselves. This is now our sixth episode since we've relaunched, and we're still here, so a huge thanks for all of your support. Uh, it would be great if you could just take a moment, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and if you've got any friends or family that you think might be interested, then it would be a big help for us in terms of getting in front of more people if you were able to share... Uh, the podcast uh, the YouTube version of the podcast anything um, with them so yeah do share and review if if um, if appropriate and and if you think that we're doing a decent job um, so on to this episode then so the new consoles are now upon us and if you listen to last week's episodes then you'll know that uh, we weren't especially excited by the launch lineup the offering of games that either the PS5 or the Xbox Series X series s have have um provided us uh so uh this has gotten us to think about which launch games we actually have loved over the years and which we think stand out as the as the very best examples um so let's just go straight into it then so stace when you think of great launch games what what do you think of what comes to mind uh, the, I think the two initial ones that come to mind are way back in the day. Uh, they're Tetris for the original Game Boy uh, and Super Mario World for the SNES. Um, old school. Old school. You have I to mean, go I, that far back to have uh, a good launch game. <laughs> well, that, I think that's probably when I was first aware of... That, that's my first memories of launch games. And in, the, in both of those are games that came with their respective consoles. So that helps a lot, obviously. And I was... I mean, I was 10, around 10 when the original Game Boy came out. And so my memories of Tetris are getting up far too early in the morning uh, before school to creep downstairs with my brother and play Tetris, take it in turns to play Tetris on the sofa um, and then getting told off because we were, we were getting up. We were getting up too early and we were, we were parents were like, nope, you can't do that. But that was and that was a game that we had for a long time on the Game Boy um, before we got anything else. And. And more so with with Mario World as well, Super Mario World. Um, that was, I mean, that was a defining, and that is a defining title. But it was a defining title in terms of my my sort of game playing career. Uh, and th- that was, yeah, that was another one that was. I had that game and nothing else on the Super Nintendo for a long time uh, because back in the day, I you know I did a paper round, but it was like I wasn't going to buy a console and i didn't even buy that console it was bought for me but i wasn't gonna buy a console and additional games when a game already came with it um which i feel like is probably my parents speaking as well that's we're not buying you a game a console and more games you've already got a game what do you need more games for so yeah that was a game that i played a lot uh for a long time and loved fortunately yeah I, I think i think super mario world is probably my earliest um i mean i was six years old when super mario world came out so it wasn't like i was thinking oh wow what an amazing launch game this is i was just thinking like what an amazing game this was like i wasn't really that aware i suppose of the concept of launch games i don't think i had a snes at launch either although i'm I'm not exactly sure um uh and it, well, it wouldn't have been mine it would have been like the family snes or whatever mm. um so but yeah i'm the same like super mario world is yeah it's, it's a defining point in uh gameplay game understanding game appreciation game obsession whatever mm. um i think actually it's it's a defining one to the point where 
it's not it's not that I don't like it. It's not that I don't um appreciate it or whatever, but I have a more again, I wouldn't say negative, but a more standoffish opinion of the three D Mario games ever since mm. Mario sixty four, um, all the way through Mario Odyssey. Um, because Mario for me is side scroller. Like yeah. it's it's a side scrolling platformer. So the Mario the three D Mario games are almost like a kind of subsection of Mario games for me. And they're not the primary subsection. They are they're like mm. they're in they're in the side room. I know like, what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think for if you grow up and two D Mario is what you have known, then that shift into three D well, it was exactly that. It was a shift from a thing that you knew into a new thing. And yeah, and I, f- I think I feel the same because that Super Mario World. One of the things I loved about it was what it looked like. Like I, I, have, I think for me that is almost the defining Mario visual. Is is yeah, definitely Super that Mario shape World. of him. Yeah, absolutely, and, and the colours of him, and the sound effects when he jumps on Yoshi, and all like all it just yeah. is. Sort of, I think probably the the defining Mario game for me, um, despite the fact that I recognise that some of the later games perhaps are better designed or are technically more accomplished. It's, yeah, that's, it's hard to get past Mario World. Yeah, I mean, the side-scrolling ones, even the ones that they're releasing now um, on, the, on the current uh, Nintendo consoles, are, they're still very much that same game, but just kind mm. of made sort of bigger and fuller. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're not really designed so much vertically away from Super Mario World. They're kind of designed horizontally out. There's kind mm-hmm. of still more stuff. All the, all the core gameplay mechanics, all the core verbs are still exactly, well, almost exactly the same. Or, or, they're, or they're based off of the exactly the same foundation as, as mm. those games. And, and I mean, you know, why? And obviously there's, there are Mario games before Super Mario World that Super Mario World is also that you could say the same thing about. It's also based on those exact same things. Um, but yeah, why, why why change the winning formula, yeah. I suppose? Um, yeah. Why why tear that up if it's working, if it's working so well? So yeah, um, Mario World, I mean, again, that was a game that came with the, the SNES that I got. It came with that. And so that, that, that helped, of course, that helped. If you have a, a game bundled in with a console, then a lot of people are going to, are going to be exposed to that um more so even than if you have an amazing game that launches alongside a console but yeah. people have a choice in whether they actually buy it and yeah but it means that when you go to school you know that yeah. everyone who's got a snes or whatever yeah. everyone can you you can engage in conversation you can talk about what you played last night or this morning on that game with, yeah. with everyone yeah. like there's no no one's left out so it does create that yeah, that's very true. It, it creates yeah. the myth, the the legend of it, the myth of yeah. it, the 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 story, the the collective story of it is much bigger. Yeah, yeah, I guess that. Yeah, that's like the, it's a it's a oh I've got a snares. Oh yeah, so have I. It's not a question of oh have you played Mario World? Yeah. It's how have far through got... Mario World are you, or have you found yeah. the secret stuff, or have you? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. It does. And you'd always get it. that kid who lies after day one. Like, I completed it three completed times. It, mate. So yep. what? <laughs> No, you haven't. Completed it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last boss then? So I don't want to ruin it for you. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, right. mind, yeah, the Mario World stuff. Yeah, and, and the, Mar- the those ties to Mario as a just as a as a game series. Mario sixty four um, definitely was a another eye opening moment for me, and that was a, a game that I got with the the N sixty four. It's. I mean, I think it probably had a, as big an impact in terms of this is redefining what's possible with a Mario game. And in, in some cases, particularly to, to do with platformers. Um, 
but yeah, it wasn't. It's not the game that I immediately go back to when I think of a launch game. That would be that would be Mario. World yeah, um, yeah. Because I, I again, I can't remember if we got an N sixty four on launch. Uh, I'm not sure we did because we were such big, such a big like PlayStation mm. household. I think we mm. got the N sixty four afterwards. The N sixty four launch lineup is really slim. Like it's, it's got a tiny amount of games yeah, on there. Um, Turok was another launch title. Yeah, sixty four, and I remember well, that I, for very different reasons. That that was not, uh, well, that was not a good game. Um, I I played a lot of Turok. Um, the N sixty four. I remember. Yeah, I think so. I think I remember. I remember thinking it was all right, but you know, my tastes back then were less uh, critical. Yeah. I suppose it also um, launched the N sixty four launched a long time in in Europe and uh, in, in the UK where we are. It launched a long time. Yeah. after so it, it was kind of less of a big deal like the hype was less because they'd already had it in in the u.s for i don't know six odd months six by months then. yeah uh, it launched in a really well, september was it March? yeah september 96 it. september 29th 1986 it launched in the u.s and march 1st 97 was uh Europe. can you imagine now can you imagine launching a, a modern console now in march but what? I know people are up in arms <laughs> that the PlayStation Five is one week later in the UK than it is in in the US. Um, but yeah, at that point, like we were so PlayStation heavy, and mm. even though maybe like I would have been more interested in the N64's Mario offering if it had been a two D one. I remember seeing it, or I can't remember where, a friend's house or a shop or something there that like a, a system running or a trailer mm. running. Mm. Um, and, you know, being, like, curious, but not being, like, mega excited about it. Yeah. And this was before I was really reading a lot of games journalism, games reviews. Like, yeah. it was more just, yeah. like, word of mouth and friends and stuff. That's how, that's how, um, just picking and choosing games. Did you do um, that thing, just as a sidebar, did you do that thing uh, where, I remember Dixon's used to have consoles, like, available yeah. when running, that you could go in and play. Yeah, yeah. And Saturday mornings would be... It was like a free for all. It was just like this this crowd descended on Dixon's and would just stand there taking turns playing these games that we probably had no intention of buying, certainly not that day, but maybe not even at all. It was just like a social yeah. thing that you did. Like, oh right. No, no, I don't think we ever did that. There was one time there was a Toys R Us in Basingstoke where where I grew up or just grew up just outside of Basingstoke and the Toys R Us would go there and I remember going there, I can't remember, me and my brother got dropped off by my mum and <laughs> And then she was going shopping uh, right, somewhere yeah. else, and yeah. we were we were just left there to play the Playstations or whatever it was in Toys R Us for like an hour yeah. or however long. Free like And care. and I remember yeah, I remember getting there and there being this giant queue, like literally like fifty people. And I was like, we're like, what? Like this is what everyone does. And it turned out that there were people who were waiting in line because Tamagotchi got released that day. So so we thought that we weren't going to be able to play the PlayStation or N sixty four or whatever it was, but it was fine because everyone just ran to the Tamagotchi <laughs> aisle. Um, that's a whole but no, thing. never went yeah. to Dixon's to yeah. That was a whole childcare. Anyway, yeah, free childcare on a Saturday morning. Um, so you were more of a PlayStation, uh, more in, into the PlayStation. So was there a particular game? Like, did you get a PlayStation at launch? And was there a particular yeah, game from that? that I you... I think well. So the PlayStation launched on a handy handy spreadsheet here. So the PlayStation launched in September '95 in mm-hmm. Europe and US. And I believe it was that Christmas 95 that we got the PlayStation. Right. Um, yeah. 
and we got Ridge Racer and Total Eclipse Turbo on the PlayStation. <laughs> Ridge Racer is obviously going to be known. Total Eclipse Turbo probably less have, well known. I have never heard of Total Eclipse Turbo. Did, Total that, did that become a different series, or did that just go away? I think it died. Right. It wasn't a very good game. Um, even it? back it then, like I knew it's game. not it great. No, it was a um, like a spaceship game, and oh, okay. you were you were oh, going like uh, like three D three D spaceship game. You were from the viewpoint was behind the spaceship. You might have been able to have first person. I can't remember. Right. And you were going through like asteroid, like sort of rock tunnels. I think it was in space. I'm pretty sure it was in space. You're going through like rocky tunnels or avoiding right. asteroids and yeah. fighting enemies, picking up power ups and stuff. Um, it was absolute garbage. But I remember <laughs> playing it loads because, um, well, because you know, like because well, that's what you when had, you're right? like ten oh, years old. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like it's not that you're going to go out and buy all the games. Like, oh, that one's bad, so I'm going to spend yeah. another yeah. fifty quid or however much it was to buy games back then. Forty maybe was it? I can't remember. Um, but we still played yeah we still played it a lot but it's really hard as well i remember finding it really hard and just wanting to give up on it but you know like you can't because what else are you gonna do what else are you gonna do um, you play the demo disc that came with the playstation i suppose well, well we did do that limited, quite a lot as well move yeah. the dinosaur's mouth and stuff. um but ridge, yeah, racer probably... was, ridge racer was the one that was the one that won out of those two games yeah ridge racer was the one and yeah and that was a series that I carried on playing as well all the way through like ridge racer 5 um yeah, I mean, even talking about it now, like it's a shame that the Ridge Racer series doesn't exist anymore. Um, yeah, I just thought Ridge Racer was so cool. Like mm. as a kid, like mm. it was so it was easy enough to get into. Um, I don't know if I really understood the concept of like a simulation racing game versus an right. arcade racing yeah. game. Yeah. Um, although I did when Gran Turismo came along. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. Ridge Racer was just so cool, and it, and it had that like big feel of like a new mm. like a properly new generation like mm-hmm. going from like a snes to ridge racer it's like whoa like <laughs> yeah. this is like really different like this yeah. is really like everything the the visuals the speed of it the like the number of other cars on the track the music uh you know just like just like the coolness like it felt like more grown up it felt like bigger it felt mm. uh like it felt like a definitely like games like this is a this is very different from like the snares this is very different from like f-zero and other racing games we had played before on the snares like yeah like this that had like the real kind of wow factor for yeah. me um but see i was I, yeah now go on yeah and i just love racing games anyway like i don't know if that was the fast one maybe mm. it was um uh yeah, and so so I was so I'm trying to think if I was like biased towards racing games already at that point, or if that was kind of towards the start of my appreciation of racing yeah. games. It was probably the latter. Yeah, I was I was late to the PlayStation party. I think I was almost. It was probably the other way around for me that I was more uh, Nintendo, and I remember having a conversation with a friend about like he had a PlayStation. I didn't know this, and I said, "Oh, something like oh, they've I see they finally released a, a good game on the PlayStation." And I think I was talking about Wipeout. Uh, 2097 mm. i don't think because mm, i think the mm, original mm. wipeout was a was a launch title and i didn't i didn't play that one but we we swapped we did that thing did you ever do this at school where we swapped consoles uh so he borrowed my n64 and whatever games i had the star wars mario and i borrowed yeah. his um playstation and so my exposure to the launch games of playstation is very limited but like mm. i played i think he lent me resident evil and tomb raider or something it was around that kind of time mm-hmm. um so for a long time, the the startup music on the PlayStation to me was 
Resident Evil. Like every time I heard that, that's because <laughs> mm. I—that's basically what I played all the time. But mm. yeah, I kind of skipped the uh, the early PlayStation launch titles almost completely. Just looking at this list, I'm not—I I mean, I played Rayman, Ridge Racer, but virtually none of the others. I don't think so. Yeah, I kind of missed out on on some of those. Missed out yeah, on this Turbo um, Clips Turbo that I apparently Turbo Clips Turbo needs to go back and play. Out. That's probably this, probably one person's got a view on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, with Teleclip Survey full full game walkthrough or something. Um, <laughs> Battle Arena Toshinden I played a bit of as well because this was also an era in which um, so uh, well just just mention Wipeout for a second. So Wipeout never had at launch um, when Wipeout twenty ninety seven came out. I think I asked for it for my birthday. I asked for it for some holiday or birthday mm, or something. Mm. And um, I remember my parents buying me the original Wipeout and I was just like, no, no. But <laughs> yeah. um, because I think yeah. by that time, Wipeout, the original, was a PlayStation Platinum game, so it was only 20 quid. Right. And I think they must have thought like, oh, great. That's good, yeah. We can get um, this Wipeout. Amazing. This, wipeout. Like, this one's half the yeah. price. So Cheap taste. <laughs> I just remember just being so disappointed. Like, oh, no. Because <laughs> like, like, I was reading like gaming mags and stuff by the time 2097 came out. Yeah. Um, but this was also the era of like renting games as well like we'd go to Blockbuster and rent games all the time Uh, so like Tekken um, Tekken we played a lot I know it wasn't didn't come out but it came out pretty close to launch Um, I'm trying to think of what other games we rented a lot I can't remember Um, Fate of Black you ever play Fate Fate of Black Black? yeah yeah I played Fate of Black yeah not a launch game but yeah a lot of games yeah that was the that was the Another World follow up right Fate of Black that was like the I think that was the same Mm. people that did that um, in that what was that called is it rotoscoping is that what that's called I can't remember but yeah that was uh, yeah I played Fate of Black quite a lot Um, so I didn't have a I didn't have a original PlayStation at launch, but a PS2 I remember buying day one, and yeah. I don't remember the launch lineup being great on that. But I did I remember buying Madden. Oh, a couple of classics though. Uh, Madden, Madden, what, 2001, I guess it would have been at that point, and that was I remember feeling like that was the start of a next generation. That was like the the visual fidelity at that time. It felt like oh, it's like watching. <laughs> people on the tv and i mean obviously it wasn't but compared to what it had come before that and and far more stylized was time splitters uh mm. played time splitters a lot um yeah time splitters was incredible yeah and i had both of those both of those at launch and yeah there was that was probably my the start of my uh sort of affinity for sony consoles um which <laughs> ran from playstation 2 and then sort of dropped off a bit at playstation 3 uh mm. But there was, yeah. Was there any? Was there any launch yeah. titles for PS2? Um, yeah, I mean, Madden. Madden, I think I'd already been playing at that point, and I'd also also been playing the Blitz games, um, right, the NFL yeah. Blitz games, which were like much more kind of arcadey and just like giant hits and stuff. But I was already into the NFL a bit at that point, nowhere near as much as I am now. Mm. But um, hadn't me and a friend at school were really into it. Um, yeah, Time Split is absolutely, um, that was just like the continuation of GoldenEye, really, yeah. wasn't it? Like, yeah. it was a lot of the same guys that yeah. worked on GoldenEye, worked on that, and the movement and stuff was incredibly similar um, yeah. to GoldenEye, the, the way it worked. Um, but SSX as well. SSX is probably the one that I remember the most. I think that's the only, because we, we definitely got a PS2 at launch. Mm. So, well, or, or again for Christmas, like that year. Um, probably Christmas that year again. Um, and it was always like me and my brother's joint Christmas present mm-hmm. um, was yeah, was that and SSX yeah. yeah SSX was uh, SSX was the one 
Um, because yeah, we're definitely keeping up with reviews and stuff at that point. And I remember a lot of the launch games getting really bad reviews, apart from SSX. It was like, oh, SSX, we've never really heard of this mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first entry in a new series, a snowboarding game. It's like, oh, you know, we played Cool Borders and whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, but do we want more? Um, but yeah, SSX was absolutely amazing. Like, it was. Again, well, again, it's another racing game. And again, like, I don't know. I think racing games are often like a good way to a new console to show how powerful it is or mm-hmm. like what an upgrade it is. Cause they are mm. so fast. They do take an enormous amount of processing power. Uh, you can have loads of different cars on the track. Like nowadays you can have giant online races and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, again, yeah. Similar reasons to Ridge Racer. It's like the brashness of it, the speed, the color, yeah. the graphical quality, like just, it's kind of that just like in your face kind of like I'm here, take notice of me. Um, yeah, sort yeah. of persona that well, that had. got that only got bigger, didn't it? Because I, I I skipped over the original SSX initially, and I think Tricky was where I came in to that series, and then went back and played the original SSX. But yeah, yeah and that was exactly all all of those all of those things, the attention grabbing element of it, and how yeah how bombastic it was. It Somebody should bring was, that back that series. Yeah, it was also the I play it. It was it was also the it was the uh, I don't know if I was wholly aware of it at the time, but definitely looking back on it, it was the handling model in SSX. So like with all with all the tricks and stuff, that was nice and the and the visuals. But I just remember the handling model. Like it was both like stiff, kind of like as a snowboarder that you can't just turn yeah on a yeah. penny. Um, you have to like carve the snow up and whatever. Um, but it, but it was stiff, but also like it also very responsive at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like it, so it felt you felt like you could do things in with the handling model you could turn and whatever whenever you wanted but it wasn't like to use like car terminology like it wasn't like there wasn't any like oversteer on it like mm. it was always mm-hmm. it was always very um not rigid but you know very predictable but in in a in a good way yeah in, in, um yeah so everything always felt like really fair in that game like all the all the good times that you could set and all the um rivalries with players and stuff like or, or ai like i don't know like it always felt like you weren't being robbed um, yeah and i think that's a good example of one of those like where it doesn't the handling doesn't need to be realistic as such it just needs to be it needs to be consistent and it needs to be it needs to feel right and if you if you yeah. nail that the realism side of it is not for me is not like a, i'm not that bothered about it it's like i want something that feels good and i'm not like if it doesn't feel good i'm not interested in whether that's realistic or not it doesn't and that's how i you know i'm not a huge racing game fan but where i am to into certain racing games or the ones that have appealed to me tend to be the ones that i just i enjoy uh for how they feel rather than i have no idea how that compares Mm. to what it actually feels like to steer a xyz car in real life because i have no yeah no knowledge of that but um but yeah and i I think that's that's the thing with the ssx see a large part of that series is that it's the feel of it whether that's realistic or not i have no idea but it feels good um so then well then but then going back to kind of the new kid on the block around that same time was xbox so it was kind of the end of sega's involvement in the console cycle and the the introduction of microsoft's and Again, Xbox wasn't a console that I owned on launch. It was a uh, a friend had one, and we played Halo. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've only ever played the original Halo in split-screen multiplayer. I've never played it single-player. Mm. So my entire experience of what Halo is, um, the Combat Evolved, the first game, mm. is entirely based on that 
playing that campaign through on on split screen multiplayer and and loving it i mean i, I remember and i'd never been that i liked time splitters i liked golden I, I don't think i'd ever been i'd never got the feeling of like this big sweeping cinematic um presentation from a from a shooter before and i remember halo delivering yeah. that and it being oh, yeah. an amazing experience not just a oh yeah the the mechanics are tight and the i like the way the guns feel it's like this is like a it feels like an event to sit down and play this and it's like we're you know partly we're we're watching a movie or we're we're yeah tapping into well, that side of it as well yeah well of launch games that is that that is a true sort of revolutionary title mm. i would say like that brought like first person shooters existed on PC in in, mm. in a much yeah. bigger way. Halo, but Halo, that yeah. half that that yeah, but that really Halo really brought it onto consoles in a big way. I know mm-hmm. Time Splitters and Golden Eye mm-hmm. were there before, but um, Time Splitters and Golden Eye is uh, kind of gameplay wise very similar to each other. Halo took it to a whole new a whole new place. Like yeah, yeah as you say, this giant sprawling world in which the story was both original and really really important and really really interesting and the story not just in terms of like the narrative but like um, you know like how you can toy with enemies how you can like do you know perform like genuine genuine tactics and like how big the world was and like all these spaces that they gave you to 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 explore you know not, not explore like an open world game but to explore like okay what what does this combination of this environment plus this gun plus this enemy yeah. what, what does that allow me to achieve here and you could you know you can go about encounters in that game in one of numerous ways and then that only gets more complicated if you add co-op on top yeah as well like the, yeah I remember the AI definitely that. felt far more robust it felt like there actually was ai that you notice you know what happens when you stick a grenade to one of those little grunt things oh it runs around yeah, and they're saying, going crazy me, you know he's you know and it, it, yeah, it or, reacts yeah. to what you're doing and in goldeneye for it, it felt more like a shooting gallery it was more like a, these guys line up to, yeah, sh- yeah. to shoot them and in terms of just control design as well yeah go if you go back and play the original halo versus playing perhaps goldeneye which was you know mm. a good sort of maybe three or four years before but even so play those two games and i think halo you'd have a much easier job of of getting through again than you would goldeneye i imagine goldeneye on that that n64 controller with the uh the one central analog stick yeah uh, i think and yeah, the that, yellow yeah, buttons and the yellow c buttons yeah that would be yeah. more of a challenge i think yeah well halo basically set the standard for what has now just become first person shooter controls mm. really mm-hmm. on a pad on a on a on a control pad um yeah and that's no that's no small feat that because previously generally um mouse and keyboard was considered the absolute by a lot of people not only the superior but the only, the only way to play yeah, a first person yeah. and i know some people still feel like that and i still i admit that yes i still am more accurate and still am better playing as a, a first person shooters with mouse and keyboard but you know i've got no issue playing with, with a controller like just like a a couch mm. console mm. fps like yeah totally like absolutely no problems whatsoever um, with that and it was halo that kind of that kind of made that a possibility i think halo is or well, not made that a possibility made it a reality um i think halo is a massive contender for the best console launch title that there's that there's ever been mm-hmm. to be honest yeah um, yeah definitely fair like they either, it's one of those games like even if you didn't play it or even if you don't like it it's difficult not to respect it like it's 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 done a you know it has legitimately had a lasting 
enormous impact on the landscape of video games like you know it's it's like it's one of the biggest it's not quite as good as it was um well i was gonna say obviously but you know it's it's hard to kind of retain that quality of innovation and just you know um build quality over so many over so many years in a in a in a single franchise but i mean you know it's still there it's still like a top tier franchise there's still people very angry or upset that there's no halo to play currently already on xbox series x so um yeah that's a that's a launch game that is a, a superstar of 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 the launch games so that and that was i think halo was it, it's a superstar because of the game that it was because of almost it, it it kind of felt like it didn't matter what else there was available because just looking at this list like project gotham was another one that that was a, a racing game that i thought was amazing and that i loved but yeah i did quite like that but halo was stood head and shoulders above a lot of these games um irrespective of what else there was available a game that what the shrek game <laughs> the shrek tie-in game surely not classic it's got to be classic a game that kind of uh was was brilliant for a different reason or that got more attention than perhaps it would have for a different reason was Resogun on uh mm. on playstation 4 and there yeah, was a lot brilliant of game as well there was a lot of much bigger much more high profile you know much more hyped games because hype of course became much more of a thing um and has become much more of a thing over the last few console generations but Resogun mm. was kind of just this this diamond thing that i think was very popular a lot of people played it and it felt like you were discovering this thing because i think it was i'm pretty certain it was digital only i don't think it got a yeah it was list. yeah so um, that was more that was a thing that wasn't like oh it was bundled in that was a thing you had to go and find or it was because of word of mouth and you you looked it up and it was i felt like it was a similar thing with everybody uh everybody playing that um but that was a thing you had to go out and find rather than just it was it was delivered to you in the box kind of thing um yeah well and and housemark have gone on to make absolutely amazing stuff as well yeah, yeah. um they did outlands before resogun but resogun was the game that kind of introduced me to them yeah and it was um, my favorite ps4 launch i mean resogun was oh yeah I think. there were there were others you know you could look down it, the list and there are others that you can say yes they were they were very good they were technically accomplished they were you know they had an impact in their series but resogun is yeah certainly my favorite of the the ps4 launch games yeah i mean that's the one that i played the most in my private time um by by a distance i mean this was at the time when do you mean outside of work is that what you mean? outside of work yeah so so at this point i was all i was already you know i was writing about games so i was getting a lot of these games for free i was getting console console from sony and games were coming in for review codes or whatever or features and stuff um but resogun was the one i was playing outside of work like you know i played black flag assassin's creed black flag Mm -hmm. call of duty ghost battlefield 4 kill zone uh knack um yeah need for speed rivals um i think i hadn't played all of those um but you know and call of duty was fine kill zone was okay i've never really gotten a huge i don't know why kill zone sort of sits in so many people's minds as a as a super impressive franchise really I, i've never really loved it that much um but it's fine um black flag i I kind of gotten gone off of Assassin's Creed at that point already. Mm. Um but yeah, Resogun 
with a much smaller budget a much you know, arguably smaller kind of ambition although i mean that's that's very arguable uh, depends how you how you quantify that um yeah that was easily the game that was like that's the game that i wanted to play that was a game i wanted to be better at that's a game i mm. wanted to compare um performance with against other people and yeah yeah. Someone that I can still remember very well. I can still remember the levels or some of them um, in my mind. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it looked it, it, in its own way. It looked like a next gen game. I think yeah, that yeah. that it ambition thing is something. You know, when the more um, ambitious and perhaps you know, some of that comes down to like photorealism. The more photorealistic you're trying to be, the more glaring it is when things don't quite work or the more thing or the more quickly things age as well if you go back and look oh, yeah, at totally. the assassin's creed 4 for example black flag that's going to look i imagine an awful lot worse than resogun resogun is its own thing yeah. that would still stand up because it was a, it was a stylistic choice it wasn't chasing like trying to be you know look how many polygons are in this person's face it was it was yeah it's created that way for for uh artistic reasons rather than just a technical accomplishment okay so that's the ps4 then so the xbox one came out uh in that same month mm. as the as the ps4 november 2013 um does the xbox one suffer from the same or did it suffer from the same kind of lack of looking back on it lack well, of thrill was the ps4 games i mean a little bit for me the, the game that i remember the most or remember playing the most or I'm, i have the strongest memories of is dead rising 3 from that from that lineup Mm. Um, but that some of that is because I didn't, I hadn't played a Dead Rising game until that point, so I didn't. It was mm. sort of just a new thing to me, um, and I remember there being a lot of fuss made about how many how many zombies you could fit on the screen, and you know it was that one of those like flexing your muscles kind of uh, games in terms of new generation. Let's just chuck a load of stuff on the screen. So yeah. I don't have I don't have particularly strong or fond memories of Dead Rising, but that is the game that I do recall the most of. Um, yeah. yeah, and it was more of a just more of an intellectual pursuit. Just like let's have a look at these titles, more so than I'm. I was really excited to play. I don't know, Rise or you know, Rise. Yeah, I did play Rise though. I did quite like Rise. <laughs> it was really short and really like to the points. And well, literally, there you go. Literally, That's my pun. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I did like Rise. I, I liked it more than the reviews and this kind of general. Um, yeah, I quite I quite liked it. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Something I have been more excited about in recent years uh, was the, a couple of the Switch lineup games, and of course, in particular, Zelda Breath of the Wild. I mean, that's that's probably a standout. Um, certainly, in terms yeah. of impact, and in terms of from a from a changing what this franchise could be. I think in the same way that you talked in, in a previous episode about God of War doing a similar thing. Mm. um versus the the older god of war games breath of the wild i think for me kind of changes my perception and my expectation of what the zelda series can now be um yeah yeah well i think for me i think once nostalgia it's difficult for me to compare say zelda breath of the wild to like super mario world for for example Mm because it's come along at such different times in my life Mm. um but i I think haven't thought about it I i think zelda breath of the wild is I'd probably put that above Halo, above Mario. I, I'd probably put Breath of the Wild as what I think is the greatest launch title mm. of all time. I think I'm going to be forced to pick one. 
um then i'm putting that and i i well i am a zelda fan i'm as much of a zelda fan as most other people i'm not like a super zelda fan i'm not um, I, you know i don't consider ocarina of time as the untouchable mm, yeah. game of forever um i do like it and i, I played wind waker a lot on gamecube and you know i do i do like the game boy ones um but yeah breath of the wild for me was just like a uh, you know it was almost like finally it was like, oh okay like zelda is actually yeah. you know a triple yeah. triple tier one amazing superstar yeah. da, 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 like game it's like, okay yeah um yeah i feel this, like this, this is the zelda, the zelda series that's... has long been unimpeachable like it's, it's sort of a oh you can't yeah. say bad things about it but this is the game for me that really backed that up that really was yeah. like actually no uh, this is it's stunning this is amazing yeah and I, I think i think one of the things that comes across in it is this incredible confidence mm-hmm. in the game design like you really are like aside from only a couple of things you don't have to do anything mm. you don't want to in the mm. game you literally genuinely don't and that's not like uh, you have to you have to go through the tutorial i believe you have to go through the tutorial it might be a way to bypass it but i don't think so um, and then you got to kill Ganon at the end. That's it. Like you don't have to do any of the other main missions if mm. you don't want to. You can mm. just go straight there and try to kill him, um, or like level up slowly by doing the shrines and other bits and just go. go. You don't have to and go to kill him. You don't have to in you don't have to interact with the other sort of main characters or whatever. And I think that's that's a super brave brave way to approach game design in general, but very much a Zelda game, mm. which does have all these other principles uh built up prior to that um but you do have genuine freedom like it's an open world game not like other open world games not like assassin's creed or yeah. watchdogs yeah. or something um i don't know both ubisoft games but other companies do do make the same, do make <laughs> other the same open world games are available yeah. <laughs> um but you can literally just go and do whatever or or, or not do whatever yeah. like it's it's fine um like and, and there are like towers in the game that kind of do resemble physically like Assassin's Creed and and or Far Cry where you have to like go up mm. the tower again and <laughs> <laughs> um, you go um, and then like you go up a tower and you unlock more stuff on the map to do basically but it doesn't work like that in Zelda you go up the tower and it does unveil more of the map it like fills in the the map it fills in the topography of the map but it doesn't tell you where anything are yeah, like it doesn't like that associated like, checklist of stuff to go and tick off yeah, yeah. like you've got to yeah. go and do find all that stuff for yourself and i think that's actually quite a subtle psychological i'm gonna say trick but like skill like piece of design going on there whereby not putting it on the map it can seem like oh you know they're just it's fake like they're just forcing you to go and explore in a fake way rather than telling you where to go but i don't i don't think that's true i think that's i think that's not i'm trying to understand the design deeply enough so i think by not putting the icons on there it makes the game feel more free mm. because it, it makes the map feel really big because every everywhere on that map might be something rather than yeah. knowing oh actually the map's only those 10 things there yeah. the rest of it is just filler space like that doesn't happen in zelda like everything is worth exploring every because you legitimately don't know what you're going to find there well and that yeah exactly that and that's exactly it's exactly that for me that when you've got a bunch of icons on a map it becomes about the destination you're just going to that thing to do a thing when you don't it becomes far more about the journey it becomes far more about the exploration and you might you just aim for a point and I'm going to head in that direction and see what happens rather than I'm going to get yeah. to that place as soon as possible in order to collect, you know, num- collectible number 47 of 300. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, there's definitely a, there is a confidence and there is a, it, there is a difference. It does, it does make a big difference to how the game feels because you're not, it's, yeah. it's not as like, tightly designed. It's not as constrained. Yeah. And, and I think in, in a way that that makes it both daunting, but also really enticing at the same time. And, and it's a game that I play with a kind of different, uh, gold in mind, I suppose. Like I'm not trying to just complete the game or get from mission to mission as quickly as possible. Yet it does kind of encourage a slower, not not a slower pace of play, but a slower pace of uh, accepting a slower pace of progression. Because mm. like I'm not like rushing to the end and like like that's not a game like you want to just be like okay, I'm just going to defeat Ganon as quickly as possible and then just leave and um, just move on to the next game. It's something that you just play um and just and what happens happens and like yeah eventually you're going to get to the end you know hopefully Mm. um but it's okay if that takes 50 hours or if that takes 200 hours like it's fine um the game you'll have very different experiences uh the person plays 50 versus player but the player that plays 200 will have very different experiences um but they're both equally valid like they're equally they're equally good like they're equally um you know equally allowed like yeah. very equally um yeah i think i think from a f- critically you know as objective as these things can be objectively i think breath of the world is very very probably uh the strongest the best launch title that there has been in terms of the one that's had the most impact on me i think i yeah i, I have the same sort of challenge of separating nostalgia and how how it felt and what my memories are of it um be it a more recent game versus an older game but i think probably for me the the game that i my favorite launch game ever is super mario world uh it's that yeah for what it meant at the time for it was a very you know kind of formative experience it it felt like it felt like in the same way that a zelda game does or or many of these other games we've mentioned starting that game up i remember this feeling of like this is the beginning of an adventure this is like the the world is opening up in front of me even though almost ironically it's very um it's very linear mario world it's very like you go you know you open up these paths mm. but it it just the world felt like it was opening up in front of me and and then finding later on that there was all this secret stuff that you could do as well was quite and mario 3 had really sort of had, had super mario brothers 3 had really um had really opened people's eyes to that, I think, in terms mm. of a Mario game. But Mario World, it just felt more, it just felt more open. It felt like there was there was more to explore, and it was, yeah. I think, put on the spot. Similarly, if I had to pick one, uh, my only caveat that it for me it would be my favourite launch title is Super Mario World, rather than perhaps the best. I think, yeah, Breath of the Wild, perhaps, yeah. perhaps in that respect, but certainly my favourite yeah, well, is it, Mario World. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that can be argued with, and I, and I think, I think it's interesting as well because when you were talking, like if I, if the question was slightly changed, and the question was if only one of these games could exist that you've spoken of, then mm. maybe Mario Worlds is the one that I'd want to exist. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Mm. So it's then, hard. looking ahead, well, looking not even ahead now, but we're we're there. Are there any games that we touched on it before, but are there any games that you are looking forward to playing or is there, you know, what's the game you're most looking forward to of the series X slash S and PS five titles? Is there one that you can pick out of the say, launch day ones? Yeah. Of, of the launch day ones. This is what I am day. for um, whatever reason, be it just probably demon souls, probably, okay. mm-hmm. um, 
and again, it's the same thing with Demon's Souls. It's the same thing with any Souls game or any Souls-like game for me. It's, okay, this is going to be the one where I'll finally master it. And I know that I'll play it, and then like three days later, I'll be like, I'm never playing this again. Stop it. Like, yeah. I loved it. Like, but also with Demon's Souls, it just looks so good. The the new yeah. the new yeah. footage of it, um, oh my God, like it just looks yeah. phenomenal. Like it looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's not. I didn't. I did not expect you to say that actually, because I know your. Well, I mean, it's a short. It's a list. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a list that doesn't. It's not doing a huge amount. Mm. But for yeah, me so of those in available. general, yeah, um, yeah, and I think so. For for me, the for a very different set of reasons, probably. But the the Astrobot game that comes with the PS5 yeah. is the one that I'm most looking forward to playing i don't expect for a second it will be the one that i play the most of or that i'll put the most hours into but it's the one perhaps everyone will have it yeah everybody will have it absolutely and i feel feel like it's one of those that kind of embodies uh i mean it you know at its if you're going to level an accusation at it you could perhaps say well it's it's a glorified tech demo if you're being incredibly uh, unkind but it that's part of the reason i'm looking forward to playing it the most is to see how it utilizes how it shows off the the new stuff with the controller the dual sense controller and what that might mean for future if it if it just inspires yeah. some developers to start playing around with this, this idea and seeing how things can be used and not just seeing how it can be used but the effect when they when it is used in a certain way then that i think will will be valuable and that's yeah most that's what i'll be putting on i think first once the ps5 arrives i'll be yeah. loading that up to see how that how that works yeah i mean i'll definitely be playing it of course um after I've bounced off Demon Souls, I'll probably just play that until <laughs> Cyberpunk. It'll comes be a out. nice little, yeah, it's a nice little sweetener, I think, in between Demon Souls sessions. It's uh, to play Astrobot. Okay, so there's our there's our best launch games of all time. A lot to choose from, but Zelda, Breath of the Wilds, and Super Mario Worlds on the SNES are the two that we picked out, both Nintendo games. Um, that wasn't planned, so I actually just realised that. So thanks for listening. Do um, follow us on Twitter. Do follow us on Instagram, Facebook. That's at Indie by Design across all of those platforms. And again, if you've got a moment to leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share with your friends, then that would be fantastic. But otherwise, we'll see you again next week. <laughs>